Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Beloved saints of the Most High God, you're welcome to another episode of my 365 Devotional Challenge. This devotional has nothing to do with me, but it's all about Jesus, just like the story we're about to share today. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you've proven to us beyond all reasonable doubt that you are real and your word is true. Have your way in us today and give us the heart that the words that will land on it like a seed will germinate and bring forth fruit unto righteousness. In Jesus' name, Amen. Beloved of God, I want to share a story with you today, but I'm just trying to see how I can keep this short so that we don't turn up with a very lengthy episode. So without further ado, let me just dive straight into it. There's a certain man of God, Ron Wyatt, Ron R-O-N, fully Ronald Wyatt, as in Ron Wyatt, R-O-N-W-Y-A-T-T. Ron Wyatt um, was an amateur excavator, but right from when he was young, he kept praying to God for God to use him to prove to the nations of the world, to the people of the earth, that the Bible is true. And, did, and boy, did God use him. God used him to discover the Mount Sinai. And if you see the Mount Sinai, you see that the tip is still blackened because of the fire of the Lord that was ablaze on the mountain. And you remember what the Bible says, there was a lot of fire and there was a lot of smoke on that mountain. So the tip of Mount Sinai is still black till this very day. You know, God used this man for so many wonderful things. He used him to discover the actual location of the crossing of the children of Israel through the Red Sea. God also used them to discover the ark of the of, of the I mean the, the Noah's Noah's Ark, which is, was such an amazing discovery. And the Turkish government even came or has come to the realization they even awarded him for the discovery because it's been proven beyond all reasonable doubt that this is the this is the ark of Noah. The measurements, everything came out perfect. But the most stunning discovery that Ron Wyatt ever made has to be this, what we're about to share today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So um, Ron Wyatt, on his trip to Jerusalem, one of his trips to Jerusalem, decided to take a stroll on one of the streets of um, Jerusalem when automatically his hands went up and pointed to a particular pile of wood, neglected pile of wood, and he heard himself say the words, there is Jeremiah's grotto. There lies the Ark of the Covenant. And his hands came down. And immediately, he snapped out of that, that semi-trance because he was wide awake. And then he, he knew that he was not the one that said those words. So to, his ama- to the amazement of himself and the person that he was working with, who was... Um, an official in, in Israel, he told the person that he would love to excavate that site. And then the person told him, okay, no problem, that they were going to get some permits for him to be able to do that. So they secured those things for him. I think this was in 1979. They secured those things for him, and he started his excavation. And um, he now discovered some cross holes, some square-shaped square, square, square um, shape on, in, on, on, um, you know, in the rocks. 
and then covered with, 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 a, with another rock in that shape, like a man-made rock that was used to cover those shapes. So we now took one out, and he saw that those square shapes might have been used, might have been cross holes that they had, you know, put the crosses in to be able to, to do the crucifixion that they did back in those days. So when he now took out the stone, and he now measured the cross hole, he went about 12 inches into the ground. Yes, yeah, about 12 inches into the ground, and then... Um, And then, um, yes, so um, at the base of the cross hole, uh, this particular cross hole was flanked by other cross holes. But at the base of this particular cross hole was a crack. And this crack linked all the way. I know he, he, he couldn't really tell, but there was this crack. And um, Rawaya just kept excavating. He just kept excavating. He just kept excavating. And two years after, he was, he was relentless. He found some other artifacts on the way as he was excavating, but and he and, and he came into like some links, some tunnels, some underground caves as he was um, excavating. But um, he just kept going. He was he never gave up. He still believed that God was the one that instructed him that he should go excavate that site that he was going to see the Ark of the Covenant in there, and he kept going. So they got to this particular place, and um, when they got there. They now created a little space, and he told his assistants to crawl in and see what was on the other side of the of the cave. And when his assistant his assistant crawled crawled in, immediately he came out, screaming, "What is in there? What is in there? I'm never going back in there again." The guy just went went down and left. He just left. So Ron Wyatt had to excel and squeeze himself through into that particular cave. When he now squeezed himself through, he saw a, something shining in the corner. When he went there. Was some like was covered with animal skin. When now when they touched the animal skin and they turned into flex because of time, of age, those things were hid six hundred years before the death of Jesus Christ. So when now touched touched the uh, the animal skin, the thing now um, turned into flex and he could see something like a table. So he thought that this might just be one of the temple artifacts, which of course he later got to find out that that was the table of the showbread. And then he turned around to examine the cave that he was in more closely. And that is when he saw something at another corner. So he now climbed up and he saw that pe uh, people had tried to pile up stones in order to block that particular you know, object. So when he now climbed up, he now pulled down those stones. He pulled down the stones, put down the stones, and he had just a little bit of a chance for him to be able to put his head through. And he switched on his flashlight. And he saw that it was like a cave. And then at the base of the cave was a substance, a black substance at the base of that cave that had dripped on top of this. There was, there was a case. That is so what attracted him to that particular place in the first place was he saw this this like a like like a cave like a like a um like a concrete cave or no, no, not a cave like a concrete casing meanwhile the top of that concrete casing had cracked open and just directly above it was the end of the cave which Ranwayad knew was the end of the crack there was a crack above the cave which he knew was it was a crack was the end of the crack that started at the at the at the base of the cross hole that he saw 
in, during his initial um, excavating days. So he now saw a substance, like a black substance, on the, on the base of that, of, of the, of, on, 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 on top of that cave, which dropped on top of the casing. And the casing had cracked open. And Ron Wyatt squeezed his head. And that was when it dawned on him what actually happened. He passed out. The man passed out. But Ron Wyatt never, later came back. And when he came back to, to, his, to himself, because he actually passed out when he realized what had happened. Now let me share with you what happened. 600 years before the death of Jesus Christ, when the Babylonians came to invade Jerusalem, Jeremiah had the Ark of the Covenant hid somewhere that no one knew about so that the, the Babylonians would not cut away with it or destroy it, along with other things that they destroyed. So he hid this Ark of the Covenant somewhere. And that, that the, the place is called Jeremiah's Grotto. Grotto. So... That place that he hid the Ark of the Covenant was directly under where Jesus Christ was crucified. So when he was crucified and he died and the centurion took a spear and stuck it into his spleen, his side, and water gushed out and blood gushed out. That blood that gushed out. And don't forget that there was an earthquake. There was a great shaking that even the, even the, um, the, the, the veil that used to cover the Holy of Holies tore open on that particular day. There was a quake. There was a shaking. A great shaking that occurred on that day. And then, that, that earthquake now caused the crack that was found on the base of the, f of the cross. And that blood flowed through down that crack, down the crack, down the crack. And that same earthquake also caused the casing that the Ark of the Covenant was put inside, or that the casing that used to cover the message, it also caused that casing to crack open. And the Ark, the blood, found its way down on top of the uh, on top of the mercy seat, and don't forget that the priest, when he went inside into the when he went inside to to make atonement for the sins of the children of Israel, he he will go to the right hand side of the of the mercy seat, and use his finger to sprinkle the blood seven times on top of the mercy seat. So, the west side, the west, the right, the the, the, the left hand side of the ark of the covenant was not touched. Blood was not allowed to go on there. The blood of the, of, of the lamb that they killed was not allowed to go on that side. But the blood was allowed to go on the east side, which was the right side. But on this particular occasion, Ron Wyatt saw that the substance that he had seen at the base of the cave that had dropped on top of the, on top of the Ark of the Covenant, on top of the west wing, which was the left side of the Ark of the of the Mercy Seat, because the Mercy Seat covered the Ark of the covenant where the, two, two, the, the wings of the two cherubs touched themselves and then they had the mercy seat and if you lifted the mercy seat you will see inside we had um, the ten commandments we had um, the staff of Herod that boarded and also um, the manna that the children of Israel put in as a testament for the works of God 
in their lives. So, the blood of Jesus, the actual blood of Jesus that was crucified had found its way on top of the mercy seat, the west side of the mercy seat. Oh my goodness. When I heard this, when I saw this, I went straight into prostrate because I could not believe that my God had all this planned out, that the blood of Jesus Christ had actually, had actually paid, made an atonement for the sins of the whole world. I, 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 I almost died when I heard this. I almost exploded with, with, this, with this kind of love, this love that, that poured out, out from within me that I never knew existed to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh my God, 10 over 10, he is. I could not believe my ears when I heard this. Ron Wyatt, that was what he realized and he passed out. So when he now got up, to cut the long story short, you know, he kept going back to visit that, that place. But the angels of the Lord appeared to him on one occasion. And then they gave him some specific instructions that he should pick a sample of that blood that landed on the mercy seat. And he should take it to the laboratory and get it tested. So he took the sample of that blood. He took it to the laboratory. He asked about around in Israel to know the best laboratory. And then they, they described the place to him. And then he went there. When he went there, he gave them the blood. That they some used to put it in some saline for some 78 hours or 76 hours. And then under on on um, body temperature to see if they can, you know, confirm if it's some um, human blood or things like that. So they did that. And then when he went back, they told him, oh, actually, it's human blood. So he now said that they should take out the white blood cells, the white blood cells, and then put it in a growth medium so that they can, you know, they can further, s they can further see the characteristics of that blood as the angel had instructed him to do. But then the, 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 the lab operator said, uh -uh, no, this blood is dry blood. This blood is dead. You cannot... You know, you cannot see the chromosomes in a dead blood. We said, please do it. And they said, okay, fine, then we'll do it. But he said that it was going to be around when they did it. So he went back the next day. When he went back the next day, he actually stayed with them. So the first technician, when he had put the blood in the growth medium, I think for like 40, 48, 40 something hours, they did that. So when he now went back for the test results, when he now put the, 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 the blood, he now called on another technician. That the, the, the other technician came. And then they now called on the director of the particular of, of, um, of the laboratory. That one came. And they spoke for about some time. They spoke, 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 spoke. And then they now summoned courage and called Ron Wyatt and said, Whose blood is this? A normal blood has in it 46 chromosome, 23 pairs, 23 from the mother's side and 23 from the father's side, 22 autosomes and one chromosome, and um, 22, um, 22 autosomes and um, one um, sex chromosome, making it 23. Then you also get the 22 from the dad and also one. It could be an X, it could be a Y. If you have an X, that means that he's going to be a female. If the father has a Y, that means, or if the person has a Y, that means it indicates that it's going to be, that it's male. You understand? So, they, they now called him and said, this blood has 24 chromosomes. 23 from his mother's side, and just one from the father's side. 
which is the Y chromosome, which determines the sex of the, of, of, of the, person, of the owner of this blood. This blood is still alive. Let me repeat myself again. Instead of 46 chromosomes, this blood had 24 chromosomes, 23 from the mother's side, that's Mary, and one Y from the father, God, just to determine the sex of the owner of that blood. And that's why it's not a human blood. It's not from a human male. So they asked him, Mr. Wyatt, whose blood is this? Because this blood is still alive. Whose blood is this? When he was sharing the story, you could see the emotions on Ron Wyatt's face. He, 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 he wept. And he said, it is the blood of your Messiah, Kai. The owner of the laboratory, which obviously they were Judaisms, or, or, or they, they practiced Judaism. They started pulling out their, of their hair. They could not believe it. This is the blood of Jesus. They could not believe it because they saw the evidence for themselves. They could not believe it. They couldn't believe what, what just happened or what just occurred. Oh, Jesus, I worship you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. I try so much not to make this episode so long, but I'm carried away. I worship you and I bless your holy name and chance of days. There's no like unto thee. Look at your plan of salvation. Look at what you had down, put down just for us to be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I worship you. I bless your holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. So what happened was that those guys, their life were never the same again, according to Ron Wyatt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add the link to, to the description, to the, to the episode description, so that you can go, go check it out yourself on YouTube. They could not believe it, and their lives never remained the same again. And Mr. Ron Wyatt also took this blood to another laboratory. I think that this, was, this, this one was in the U.S., yes, because the man spoke for himself, and he spoke in fluent English. He said that, when Mr. Wyatt brought in the, bl the, bl um, the blood just for them to check whether it was, it was alive, when they now checked, they saw that the blood was old and this, the blood was still alive. You could see the light moving in the blood. You could see the light. You could see the movement that this blood is still active and alive. Hallelujah. The precious blood of Jesus. I just feel like taking a communion right now. When I'm done with this episode, I'm just going to go take a communion. I just feel, I just feel the love for my, my Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, God, for sacrificing your son. The blood of the new and everlasting covenant. Beloved of God, this is what I heard. This is what I found out. And my feet is, is just on fire. I'm stirred up to live for Jesus. I'm stirred up to tell the whole world about my Savior. I don't know if this story came out right for me because I'm so highly emotional about this. But I'm going to drop the link so that you can go check it out yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Finally, I believe you're the ultimate God. You're the ultimate God. Jesus, finally, I'm convinced that you are real. Oh, finally. 
You're the ultimate guy. You're the ultimate guy. Finally, I'm so convinced that you are real. Oh, you are God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Beloved of God, God bless you. Do have a wonderful day. Do have a wonderful, wonderful time. Enjoy Jesus. He deserves all the glory and all the praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you so much, beloved of God. See you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.